Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of 50 Stories of Transformation. I'm your host, Michaela Leji, and I'm so glad you're joining me this week. I'm especially excited about this week's story because our guests are two people who are very near and dear to my heart. So I'm apologizing now for any bias that may occur because it's probably going to happen. Anyway, uh, new listeners, thanks for checking out this podcast for the first time. I'm going to give you a quick rundown here in just a moment as to what this podcast is all about. But for my returning listeners, thanks for coming on back and being so faithful. This week, we are heading into story number 34. So new listeners, hi, hello there, and thanks for pressing play. Uh, This podcast, 50 Stories of Transformation, is a podcast sponsored by the Baptist Resource Network of Pennsylvania, South Jersey. And that's an organization that is dedicated to helping, guiding, and providing resources for Baptist churches in Pennsylvania and South Jersey. Um, That organization is referred to as the BRN in many instances in this podcast. Just a quick little helpful tip there. This podcast was mainly made by the BRN to help share some of the awesome transformative work that God has done through the Baptist Resource Network in its 50 years. That's right, last year they celebrated 50 years, which is exactly why we're doing 50 stories. And yeah, that's basically all you need to know. Uh, Also, um, one more helpful thing, each episode is its own individual story. So for instance, for this week's story, story number 34, you don't have to go back and listen to story number 33 to understand what's going on this week. You're good jumping in right here, right now, and we're sure glad that you are. So as I previously mentioned, this week we are on story number 34, and full disclosure again, I might be a little biased, but that's only because our guests this week are two of my favorite people and two people who have poured into me personally and helped me in my walk with Christ. And those two people are Johnny and Kathy Pons. Johnny and Kathy are former BRN collegiate missionaries who served nearly 30 years at Penn State University. Just recently, about three years ago, they relocated to Gallatin, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes away from Nashville, Tennessee, for anyone who needs a geographic picture. And they're still pursuing ministry amongst college students and young adults. Um, Just this summer, they launched a program called Praxis Nashville. Students, this is where I need you to turn the volume up because this one is for you. Praxis Nashville is a program dedicated to helping rising seniors and recent college graduates pursue professional development as well as deepening their walk with Christ. Um, And that's done through intentional discipleship and mentoring and a ton of good resources that students, trust me, it's stuff that you will love and don't want to miss out on. And I can say that because I've been in the program, hence the habit advice. But anyway, this week for story number 34, we're sitting down and talking about Praxis and its roots to the Baptist Resource Network. So tons of great stuff you don't want to miss and you don't have to because it's starting right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Here is story number 34 and my conversation with Johnny and Kathy Pons. To start, uh, would you guys share just a little bit about yourselves, maybe about your background in ministry, where you're from, family facts, hobbies, anything people need to know about Johnny and Kathy Pons? Well, I'm Kathy Pons (laughs) and... um, I grew up in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
I went to the University of Oklahoma and got my Bachelor of Science in Physical Therapy and then went to seminary and in, in Fort Worth, Texas. I met Johnny at our church there. We got married. We moved to um, State College, Pennsylvania. We had four boys while we lived in State College, and I that was my hobby for <laughs> many, many years. <laughs> Job, and, uh, hobby. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm Johnny, and um, I grew up in Hendersonville, Tennessee, uh, which is just outside of Nashville, which is where we're sitting now. And um, it's an interesting you know, story from there. I uh, uh, went to Tennessee Tech University. I thought that I was going to go overseas. I was uh, an ag uh, science, ag engineering technology major, was interested in um, ag mission work, and Somehow, after I graduated uh, from college, I did go to Africa, worked in Burkina Faso for uh, three and a half months, and then came home and had an opportunity to go to Southern California to work in collegiate work in Long Beach, California. Long Beach is where things began to change for me because uh, I thought then, well, I really, I'm really liking this uh, collegiate ministry work, and it's uh, different in California than it was in Tennessee. So um, from there, I went to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, where I met Kathy, and um, we both have MDiv degrees from Southwestern Seminary, and I was thinking that I would probably be going back to Southern California when we got done, because I wanted to go back and help uh, with uh, some church planting work that, that was there. We went, I went to Fort Worth specifically uh, for a church, and some people that I had met in Southern California coming from this church, and so... Um, left California to go to the church to go back to Southern California, at least for what I thought. And um, when, we, when I graduated from seminary, I was thinking I was heading back that direction, but then got a call from a guy named Bob Hartman, who he was overseeing our what we call new work uh, in collegiate ministry at that time and said, hey, would you be interested in Penn State University? And I just told him flat out, no, not really. Uh, but he said, are you sure? He said, these are the things that they're looking for. And, um, and by the way, they need someone who will raise their own support. And that's what I had been doing in Southern California. And at that time, in 1990, there weren't many people in Southern Baptist work that were raising their support. And so um, he convinced me to allow Pennsylvania to call us. They called the next day. And... And then within just a few weeks, we had plane tickets to go visit at Penn State University. And so that's where we went. Uh, we decided God was calling us there reluctantly. But, <laughs> um, uh, but I knew, I think both of us uh, felt like, you know, wherever God called us, we wanted to go there to die. Uh, in fact, I used to tell people all the time in Pennsylvania uh, that God's called us here to die, Lord willing, not <laughs> next week or next year. But, um, but we didn't get to die there, unfortunately. But um, we spent 28 years at Penn State. And um, four boys that were all grown and gone, uh, we just felt like um, the Lord was leading us to here to, back to Tennessee because my parents were needing some help. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't the move that I was hoping for. 
In fact, if I still had my way, I'd be sitting in the middle of State College, Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> but God has called us here, and uh, we're confident of that, and um, that's what at least has brought us here for now. Okay. So going to State College is how then you got connected with the Baptist Resource Network, Pennsylvania, South Jersey. Yes. And what was kind of your role with the BRN? Well, uh, I preceded Robert Turner, and okay. so um, at the time that I that we went to, to State College, there was a I would say a fledgling uh, collegiate ministry mm-hmm. team that was there. Um, we had some work in Lock Haven, Temple University, where Scott Markley was at. Mm-hmm. Um, had a little work over in Pittsburgh, but um, everything was still pretty new, and so. Um, I was primarily involved through Keystone Association, uh, but I also was just heavily involved in stuff all across the state. Always was at our state conventions, always at our YEC, Youth Mm -hmm. Evangelism Conferences. Pretty much anything that the BRN was doing before it was called BRN. I was there representing Penn State, uh, getting to know pastors, creating uh, relationships, and just trying to build a little bit of a network for uh, churches that were sending students to Penn State, but also just wanted to encourage and and uh, support our work mm-hmm. going on in the state. Okay. So, specifically, God called you and gave you a heart for college students and collegiate ministry. So, what was it about collegiate ministry that really pulled on your hearts? You want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, college students in uh, that age group is when a lot of decision-making happens in their lives. And uh, they're going from high school and their parents to kind of being on their own. And there are a lot of Uh, this is where students decide a lot of times whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. If it's going to be their parents' influence in their lives or are they going to really sell out for Jesus. And uh, and then beyond that, being able to help them transition into the real world after college. And that's really what drew us is uh, we, we both were in collegiate ministry in college ourselves and that influenced us a lot. Um, But it also, um, we, we just see the great need for, for people to have positive Christian influence in their lives during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love college ministry because, um, like she's saying, I think it's the most strategic demographic uh, in the nation or the world. Um, I think also uh, college students are um, the most sendable. Because you know, when you're done, you know, with your college, you literally have the world as your enchilada. You, you have lots of options and opportunities for where you're going to go. And if we could uh, cast a vision for multiplying their lives in a mission field or as missionaries uh, in whatever vocation they served in, then you know, to me, that was um, that was the huge win, you know, for college. And I really wanted to be. I wanted. We wanted to be. Um, ministering to college students somewhere outside of the South. No knock on the South, mm-hmm. but there's lots of churches and lots of different ministries and lots of different opportunities here. And um, at Penn State, when we left, there were uh, about 48,000 students that were there. Mm-hmm. I think when we 
came in 90, there was probably 36 to 38,000 students and a very, very small percentage of those students that actually knew Jesus and, and walked with him. And so for me, it was a big, wide blue ocean in, yeah. at Penn State. So now, now you guys left Pennsylvania like three years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you're in Tennessee again, and you're continuing that God-given passion for college-aged young adults and for them to know Jesus and to develop a relationship with Him through a program called Praxis, which obviously I'm totally biased to because I've been a part of for this summer. But um, I'm going to try to stay as objective as possible here. I promise to my <laughs> listeners. But can you define, define for us what is Praxis or what is the goal of Praxis, Nashville? Okay. okay. Praxis actually is a part of what we are doing uh, with Glocal Resources. Glocal was a, a nonprofit that we started in State College, primarily helping to resource um, our, our work that was happening on campus at Penn State, but also uh, work that we uh, had established or connected to in Honduras in 2002. So um, that's where the Glocal came from. But Praxis is something that we envisioned from even before we left Pennsylvania. In moving here, I think that you know we wanted to stay connected with college students somehow, some way. And so uh, bringing Glocal with us, we wanted to take the best of what we did at Penn State and be able to share that with as many people as possible. So. Praxis was something that we were envisioning, uh, even in Pennsylvania, where we could um, do a summer training experience that would be geared toward reaching upperclassmen, and especially helping upperclassmen to start thinking about the transition from uh, college to community life, and giving them some practical experience in a job uh, field that would be in a related field to what they're at this, you know, as best as they know, uh, career you know pathway, and then um, and then also being able to teach some of the other things that um, that we just love passing on at Penn State. So honestly, praxis uh, praxis means um, you know putting theory into action, and so there's a lot of, of discipleship theory, a lot of evangelism theory. Uh, we wanted to provide an experience where we can pull all that together in a summer and, um, and, and do it in a working experience so that um, you've got a taste of what it's like and going to be like uh, doing this kind of work in your most of the rest of your life. And so that's where Praxis came from. Uh, we really wanted it to be um, geared to helping, helping uh, junior seniors to figure out um, what this next step is going to look like, and um, and how to how to maximize all the discipleship training that they were getting in college and putting it into practice in real world experience. Does that sound like what is? That sounded great. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Uh, we just so this is your first year doing it in the summer. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to like oust myself here. Yeah. But um. So for this summer, I was a part of it, and then another girl who was previously in your college ministry in at Penn State, Kayla, who I affectionately now know as the cheese to my Mac, um, and now everybody else does too. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this summer, I mean, we did we we met up with local leaders who 
uh, have been in that career position who were able to give us insight and we did discipleship on Fridays um, and very intentional discipleship and intentional professional development. So, um, which was great uh, personally from that, from my personal experience. Um, but why, why is it so important to be, to have that intentional discipleship and professional development uh, for young adults? Well, I think that um, you're, in, you're only in college for a short period of time, at least, Lord willing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then there's there so like, we some, keep going back for more. There are some people that like to kind of drag that out for a while, but, but <laughs> your ultimate... Career yeah, right. <laughs> like long students. <laughs> your, your ultimate aim is to get someplace. And mm-hmm. so I think that um, a lot of focus uh, is on the college experience, which that's helpful and beneficial, but we really, really believe that um, when, when you're done, uh, we want college students to be able to, um, to do the, the things that you've been training to do, but have the kind of experience where the work that you do matters. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I think that um, this generation is struggling uh, in learning how to work and, and how to uh, honestly just work like a boss. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that um, if you go into a working situation uh, thinking like, I have ownership in this. I have skin in the game here. I'm not just putting in a little bit of time so that um, you know one day I might land a better position in a better place or, or something like that. Uh, but to help you learn how to, uh, to be an influencer in your workplace just as effectively as you would be um, in a, sitting in a church building someplace. Mm-hmm. So most of your time is I mean, a, a huge majority of your time is spent in your work environment or outside the walls of the church. So I think that what we try to do is um, to leverage a network that I have here in Nashville of friends that I grew up with and friends that I've met here now uh, who you know, have the, the position of authorities to, to hire and, uh, to, and then to work with us as partners mm-hmm. because you know, working on a shortened week um, four-day work week, you know, a lot of folks just, they've got to buy into the vision of what we're doing, vetting you out, bringing them good employees, and so you and, and Kayla uh, did us very well, you know, being good employees, and, um, and that was a huge win for us so that we can go back to mm-hmm. um, employers next summer and um, just have the same kind of reputation or have the reputation of, oh yes, they're going to send us good employees. So it's a win for them as well as for you. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is and and was like just being able to get that professional experience. Um, for me, like I was at the state Capitol, which that's like the most like higher. I've never thought about politics, but um, luckily I wasn't in like a political sector of that, but it was really good to go in there and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing and I don't even know if I want to do this, but I'm just going to do it, you know, and do it with a mindset of like a boss. Like I'm going to just, I might not know what I'm doing with this, but I'm going to at least give it a shot, give it all I got, um, which was good. And to have encouragement from you and Kathy in that and was key. You passed the So test. far so good. Passed the test. Yeah. Okay, good. I got it on. I got it recorded. <laughs> So, yes, you passed uh, the test. Passed. Yes, okay. Um, that's really why I was doing this. No. Um, 
but it is really good experience uh, for young adults. And and so if there are students out there listening or a collegiate minister who's like, this would be something great for my students to hear about, or a pastor who has young adults in his church are like, this is something that they should invest in. How can they connect with Praxis? Well, um, they can go to uh, our website and find the information on Praxis uh, and the application for Praxis. They can talk to their campus minister. The website address, by the way, is glocal-resources-slash-praxis. <laughs> okay. Okay, yes. global for global and local. Right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Glo- sure global slash resources dot org slash yeah. praxis. I forgot that dot yeah. org in there. <laughs> if anyone needs to see that visually, I'll write in the article. Check it yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, but yes, how else could they get involved other than the um, going to the website? Uh, they can ask their Baptist campus minister uh, okay. about it. There will be information sent to... Um, Various, well, schools at uh, Penn State, I mean, in Pennsylvania. Okay. We are giving priority, we, we, we're giving priority um, um, first shot, you know, at Pennsylvania students because I think that that's one of the things that um, we really wanted this to be something that would be a blessing to uh, the BRN, uh, mm-hmm. our, our collegiate ministry network there. Um, we have it open to the whole big broad network mm-hmm. all over the country but when we're selecting mm-hmm. uh, students uh, we're looking first at Pennsylvania students you know for uh, those priority hear that PA kids this is your shot PA kids yes <laughs> we want to show Pennsylvania the love and uh, <laughs> um, right. and do everything that we can do to support and develop the work of Pennsylvania College Ministries okay that's right um, and churches of course yes uh, so, uh, with that, how, how can we, our listeners and BRN, pastors and network, how can we join with, in prayer with you two for next year's Praxis? Mm-hmm. What are some prayer points? Mm-hmm. Lots of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can be praying for students uh, that they will, that, that God will send us faithful, available, and teachable students. Fact. Fat kids. Fat kids. <laughs> we love fat kids. Mm-hmm. And so we, we really, mm-hmm. uh, because we are working with these businesses and places, locations for them to have jobs, and we we want to be able to um, present them with students who are faithful, mm-hmm. available, and teachable. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, want to help the students grow in a lot of different areas, um, so praying that we have wisdom on how to help them to grow, praying for job opportunities um, for mm-hmm. the students, um, praying for housing for the students. There's just a plethora of things to pray mm-hmm. for, but mainly um, that God would provide the students that he wants to be down here mm-hmm. for this program. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the trickiest part of the whole thing for us here is being able to match students and their career options with uh, potential employers here because um, I think that um, by God's grace uh, we have a, a fairly large network of, of possibilities here but you know there's still you know the the details of 
finding that right student to rec- mm-hmm. to match that right job. And I think that um, that's the um, that's the the biggest trickiest struggle for me is just being able to um, to get that information from the student and being able to um, take about a, a couple of months of just really kind of working through where this this student can land and and, and the student has you know some some voice in the job you know opportunity that you have and so um, you know we'd like to give students at least a couple to three options of places of potential places to to be able to settle in and work but um, but again that's one of those things where you know the uniqueness of the major can really um, make a difference and so praying that um, that we'd be able to find the right opportunities uh, for the students to be able to maximize that experience that's really a, a huge prayer request for me because that's where it gets most stressful for me on yeah. this end yeah. so that would be a huge huge prayer need okay all right uh, those are my questions is there anything else you guys would like to share or thoughts or comments or stories about practice or about uh, collegiate ministry well, just send us more people like mac and cheese, and we'll be doing great. Mm. <laughs> mac and yep. cheese. Now we need like a peanut we, butter and jelly. Just like yeah. start making combinations up. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we would love to have eight to ten students. That's really okay. kind of the max, the, the, the best case scenario for us would be about eight to ten students uh, because you all had great dynamics. Um, mm. But as you add... Um, more bodies, you know, to the equation. The okay. dynamics can shift and change pretty quickly, and so in in that kind of a setting, we really we don't want to go beyond, let's say, a dozen students, because I think that um, then you lose, you know, a lot of the benefit of what mm-hmm. we're trying to do mm-hmm. here. But if we can get uh, maybe eight to twelve students, I think that um, I think that that provides an optimal learning environment and. The whole thing is set up to not just to, to cram information down your, your throat, but to give you opportunities to be able to not only to grow in knowledge, but in, in skills, in character, and in vision for your life. And I think that um, the more relationship dynamics you can throw into that, the more different kinds of tension that you can throw into that, and the more opportunities to work through that, heart attituding you know, mm. with each other, um, really is like the, the, the best environment. And so we're really, really uh, pleased with how this first year um, launched and are excited to be able to offer it to more students next year. And um, just, again, would love to have more students like you and Kayla to throw into the, to the mix. And one more thing I would say too, just about um, Pennsylvania, South Jersey, um, we, our hearts are still there in so many ways. Even mm. though our bodies are here, I think that um, you know it's, it's one of those things where we really did want to die there. Uh, so you know we're, we're grateful that we're still living, but I think that um, you know whatever we can do to continue to be part of the Penn Jersey family, mm. it's for us a, a way to just extend or continue the the work that we really, really believe God called us to do there in uh, 1990. So um, 
it's great to be a part of this podcast and at least by extension, you know, we get to still be a little bit a part of what uh, Penn Jersey's doing. And so um, we're grateful for that and uh, grateful for all the love that we still feel from uh, pastors, uh, other friends, their alumni that are still roaming around Pennsylvania churches. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. But Johnny and Kathy, thank you so much for sitting down with me, quite literally, right across the table, um, and talking about Praxis and your hearts for college ministry and how that all got started with the BRN and just so much knowledge and wisdom. Thanks for sharing it with us this week. Now, if you're a college student or a college pastor or a pastor who's got college students in their congregation and you want to know more about Praxis, I've got great news for you. Uh, you can head online to glocalresources.org. That's glocal, kind of like global and local, mashed up together. And then hyphen resources.org. And uh, that's the website that has all of Johnny and Kathy's ministry um, information and how you can get in contact with them and more information about Praxis, of course. So again, that is glocalresources.org. And once you're done there, you can head on over to the Baptist Resource Network's website, www.brnunited.org. And there you can check out the article that goes with this story, as well as all of the other transformation stories that we've done up to this point. So yes, that means there's 33 other podcasts and articles just waiting for you to check out. Again, those are all available online for free, of course, at www.brnunited.org. And hey, podcast enthusiast, I'm not forgetting about you because I know sometimes it's a little bit easier to open up an app and hit play uh, for a podcast than it is to go to a website, find it, and the article, and then listen to the podcast. So the good news for you is this podcast is pretty much available on every podcasting platform you can think of. That's right. It is on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor Podcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and possibly a few that we're not even sure of. So you know what? Pick your favorite, download it, open it up, type in 50 Stories of Transformation BRN, and bam, there you go. All of the stories and episodes are there and ready for you to listen at your own convenience. Because we know sometimes apps are just a little bit more handy, especially if you're listening to a podcast while you're driving or cooking dinner, and we want you to be able to tune in and find encouragement wherever you are listening from. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another story. Uh, veteran listeners, thanks for coming on back again and again. And new listeners, I hope you enjoyed this week's story and come on back for story number 35. That's right. We're heading into story number 35 next week. Man, we're closing in on 50 real quick. Uh, anyway, check that out. Keep your eyes and ears open for that. It'll be out next Thursday. But until then, have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you.